Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is time for the Right Guys Podcast, where we point out how much money we waste on crazy things. And down to your hosts, Josh Hammerling and Max McGuire. Welcome back to another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Josh Hammerling, back at it for another day. Man, we're just blowing through money, aren't we? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's getting it's getting insane. I want to walk through a couple different parts of the bill. The bill is 82 pages long, so we're not going to read all of it. But I want to highlight a few things and just the ridiculousness of this. Um, We are giving more money to Ukraine than we gave to the United States Marine Corps all of last year. Now, the Marine Corps is like the hand-me-down. They're like the middle child of of the U.S. Armed Forces. They get the Army's hand-me-downs. So the U.S. Marine Corps has always had a smaller annual budget because like they hitch a ride with the navy so it's not there they're not paying for the gas right um but still it is remarkable that we are giving ukraine in this one batch almost twice what we gave to the whole u.s marine corps last year i mean almost twice it's billions with the b just billions and last i checked we haven't curbed our spending in any way so and and the spending is built well into the next presidency, whoever ends up being in the office. Sorry, the the total bill ninety five billion is almost twice. The Ukraine bit is not all ninety five billion. So I make sure. Yeah, it's correct. It's myself. in the sixty sixty eight. Yeah. I think is yeah. what it was. Is the the last number. And still that's more, just, still more that's, than the that's insane Corps. though. Yeah, I mean we we have a curved spending. We're we're trillions of dollars in debt. I mean we we're going to be facing thirty trillion dollars in less than a year in total debt. Assuming that, you know, any sort of spending slows, right? But it's not. And it's like, what what are they doing with all that material, right? Because we're not, like, giving them cash. We're giving them stuff. So where's it going? We, we've seen it show up in, in, in Hamas's hands. We're, we're seeing it show up in the world black market. So why are we still throwing money at this when it's just sending weapons to adversaries of the United States? I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, like, this is a really crazy day. This is Valentine's Day for those listening. And it's like... Stuff has hit the fan today. It really has. Well, I'll oh. go ahead and put up the national debt because yeah. you're right. Thirty-four trillion. This is it. Thirty-four. Trillion. Are we already at thirty-four trillion? Or yeah, is that already projected? Thirty-four trillion. This is the. This is where we're at. Thirty-four trillion. Um. Thirty-four trillion dollars. So just so we're clear, what the Senate just passed was to give foreign countries one-tenth of a trillion dollars essentially oh my gosh like that's what that's what that's what it means when you when you want to give almost a hundred billion dollars to other countries that that one little bit is one-tenth of a trillion um so if this does get signed into law that number will instantaneously jump a hundred billion 95 billion whatever what's what's five billion yeah, between what, friends right um Holy crap. And and this they're not going around and collecting the money that already exists. They will print another 100 billion to not 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 all of it will go in forms of currency. It'll just be spent on US arms manufacturers. Basically they were saying, "Okay, we'll buy your bullets for you. We'll buy them." Um so it it, it is getting crazy and and I saw a stat that was pretty shocking if you look at the republicans in the senate who voted against against the uh the u.s aid giveaway 
the average age of a, a Republican senator voting no was 58 years old. Oh, my. The average age of a U.S. senator voting yes was over a decade higher, so over 68 years. So there is a clear difference in the U.S. Senate between Republicans who are the elders mm -hmm. and the Republicans who understand that every dollar that we spend will have to be paid back, right? Yeah. You look at Chuck Grassley in his 90s. Chuck Grassley definitionally will never have to pay this money back. No. Like, I don't, I don't wish him ill. I hope he lives a long, happy life with his family and friends. But Chuck Grassley in his 90s will not pay, ever have to pay back the money he is sending abroad. Wow. But you look at the younger senators, average age less than 60, but Republicans who voted no, they recognize that actually they might have to face a crisis, a debt mm -hmm. repayment crisis in their lifetime if this keeps getting out of hand. It's out of hand. $34 yeah. trillion dollars is out of hand. It's at 120% of our GDP. We cannot sustain our country this way. We are being spent into oblivion. We don't need anybody to attack us when we're doing a great job of, of committing economic suicide ourselves. I mean, we're, we're just making the road a little bit shorter every time we look at that. Yeah. Or we get a new spending bill. Max. It's on. We're on the verge of insolvency now. And imagine if they don't come up with a budget and there's no continuing resolutions and that fight comes to a head within the year two, which is not because we're up against an election. There's no way they're going to, they're never going to risk that. So there's no end in sight. I mean, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just getting darker and nobody seems to care. Well, I mean, the first, the first step, whenever, whenever you have an addiction, which Congress has, I have an addiction yeah. to spending money that they don't have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways, they're not much different than a teenage girl who got her first credit card, not understanding the consequences of going to the mall, if they even have some malls anymore, uh, going to the mall and just buying everything. Right. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's great until you realize that the statement's going to come in the mail and you're expected to pay it back at some point. Yeah. Um, when you have someone who is addicted to spending money they don't have, the first thing you do is you have to get them to admit that they have a problem. Good luck on that one. Which is the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like no one in Congress is willing to do that. The second thing is you cut up the credit card. Or you put, yeah. it, you put it in a little baggie and freeze in a mm -hmm. block of ice. Do whatever you can to yeah. stop them from keeping the spending going. Because you can't address mm -hmm. a debt crisis if you keep adding to the debt. Yeah. You just can't. You just can't. And this Senate bill, $95 billion for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, which they had to just throw Taiwan in there. There, yeah. Right? So 14 of the billion is going to Israel. 65 will go to Ukraine. And the remainder will go to Taiwan, I guess. Um, but which actually, that's, have... that, that actually isn't true because there is a lot in there for U.S. department and agencies. Mm -hmm. um that has really very little um things like personnel yeah uh which we'll just get to in a work. second. just glut yeah hit that share button everyone hit that share button yeah. give us a thumbs up a like comment 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 uh let me know where you're watching from in the in the live comments or in the comment section always excited to hear where people are watching us from um i want i want to walk through a bit just to show you the ridiculousness of the united states senate offering to give 14 billion dollars in aid 
to Israel. Now, listen, I, I, I fall. I'm not a Zionist. I'm not like committed to Israel existing for the sake of prophecy or, or uh, biblical end times kind of scenarios. But generally, I've lived in the Middle East. I've spent time in the Middle East. I generally fall on the side of it's better to have an Israel there than to have another Arab state that has little to no care for human rights. Um, but we are not Israel. And Israel, to my understanding, has not even asked us for money. That's my next statement, yeah. Um, and if, if you actually look at the news, they had a budget surplus last year mm. where yeah. they had more revenue than expenses. Now that went away when, when they declared war, that's fine. Mm. I mean, you have to, you have to spend, you have to, you have to spend money, right? To wage a war. But this past month in, in January 16th. Israel approved a war budget of $15 billion. That is their emergency war budget that yeah. they approved. Well, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Israel says we're going to spend $15 billion on our war. And the U.S. Congress basically says, okay, we'll, we'll give you $14 billion. Like, we're going to double it? Or are we just going to not have them pay the bill? Well, that's the thing. Are we doubling it? Or are we just paying for their war? Yeah. Yeah. And they're both strong economies, Taiwan and Israel. They they have strong economies. They're known for uh, uh, the medical side in Israel and the, like the tech industry in Taiwan, right? It's that they are not hurting for cash, right? No, I don't no. think they're a trillion dollars in debt. No, certainly right? not. They're not. They're yeah. not paying almost their entire GDP in, in interest payments. Like no, <laughs> that's not going on there. Israel has one of the most productive. Uh, military industrial complexes in the entire world. They make their yeah. own weapons. They make their own tanks. They make ammunition. their own explosives. Uh, yeah. Ammunition, explosives, rockets, missiles, just because they don't want to be beholden to foreign countries, giving them aid and assistance since yeah. at multiple times in their history, they were almost pushed into the sea by Arab armies. So Israel says, okay, in order to win this war, we need to spend $15 billion. Hmm. It sounds a lot like, the U.S. Congress is saying, okay, well, we'll foot that bill. Because there's not a huge ammunition shortage in, yeah. in Israel. There, there isn't. No, I was going to say, they probably have the most arms and ammunition of any country in the world right now. I, I would be shocked if they aren't number one, secretly ha sitting on just supplies. I yeah, mean, that, no, that's what they do. Very much prepared. They're, they're prepared to fight three-prong, four-prong wars. Yeah. Right? And it's not the situation where they're like, oh, man, we ran out of brand new guns. Well, yeah, th they go into the surplus and they grab the Galils and they yeah. grab the AKs. They grab what they yeah. have. You yeah. go to war with the army you have. And it seems in the modern era, there are these countries. And I don't know if I can blame Israel because I don't see Israel coming to the United States like Zelensky, hat in hand, like mm -hmm. Oliver Twist, pouting, please, sir, can I have some more? You go to war with the army you have. So what we're seeing is, no, the, the, the opposite's happening. You go to war without the preparations, and you just expect other countries to pay for it all. But Israel is paying $15, 15 billion. We're paying almost as much as Israel plans to pay this year. And, and this is just one tranche, Josh. I know. And the thing is, is that 
Israel's pretty good with the way they use resources, right? That 15 billion is going to be very efficient for them, right? And we're yeah. just throwing money at the problem. And we're not being efficient with the way we're spending that money, assuming that we're just not funding their whole war, right? I mean, that one's still we're, on we're, the table. We're buying their bullets. We're buying yeah. their JDAMs. We're buying their rockets. We're buying their missiles. We're buying their planes. We're buying everything, right? We are outfitting the military. Now, that used to be big business to outfit the military. It still is. But the country's supposed to pay for it. <laughs> and not only are we paying Israel, we're also providing aid to, Ga to Gaza. The Gazans, yeah. Which I understand. I understand humanitarian aid, but it, it's very strange to live in a world where we are we are giving paying for the bombs that get dropped, so that we can also pay to rebuild the buildings that get destroyed. It's like you, you know. It I hate using the words enemies and stuff like that, but Israel has an enemy that we are, it's like we are funding the both sides on this. We're funding the Israelis and then we're also funding Gazans. I mean, it. if this isn't the most sycophantic thing I've seen a country do, I don't know what is. I, to be on both sides. I mean, who's your ally? How does anybody see us as their ally if we're constantly giving money to their opponents? I mean, and it's not just that we're giving money. We've, we've shown on this show before that when aid aid organizations go in and they put down water infrastructure yeah in gaza that gaza digs up those pipes and turns those pipes into rockets, rockets. so it, it's there's there's really is no way we, we we give them construction aid right and what does hamas yeah. do they use it to dig their tunnels yeah. um it, we are funding quite literally both sides of this and I, I i don't think that it's possible nowadays for a war to break out anywhere on the globe that the united states Congress doesn't immediately pull out its wallet and and start tapping its credit card on the table. Yeah. And and to and to brand this as it's a US national security issue, which is what they're trying to do to get it pushed through the House of Representatives, that it's a national security issue that we have to give Israel 14 billion in aid. That's insane. That's insane. Ukraine yeah. this last November, Zelensky signed off on the 2024 state budget. And basically, um, they expect a revenue of $43 billion, but they also expect to pay out in expenses $82 billion. Ukraine, quite literally, is running a 2x deficit. Yeah. And they're okay with it. Why? The expectation is that the difference will be covered by international loans and grants. Well, that's uh, that's keywords for the United States. The, like, it would be one thing if Ukraine said, okay, we're fighting a war. Here's our budget. And then they blow through the budget. And they say, oh, United States, please help us. We blew through our budget. That'd be one thing. Like, if they said, oh, oh, it's, it's costing more than we thought. But they are quite literally factoring in aid guarantees that haven't even passed the United States yeah. Congress into their annual budget. Well, are they hearing stuff behind closed doors that they're just going to pass it anyway? I mean, what are our delegates doing over there? They're most likely going over there and saying, don't worry, we got your back, right? So we'll make sure you get the money. We'll, we'll pass it no matter what, right? And what if it doesn't happen? You know, that's the thing. I mean, what blows me away is that they've got a budget and they know how much they're making and losing. When's the last time you looked at the U.S.'s budget? Right? When is the last time we had like a budget? We can't even they're get it going, right? It. They don't even pass the budget. And this, and we're, 
there the expectation is, is that we be the sugar daddy the expectation yeah. is, is that we fund all of it yeah. and, and it's like not just expectation it's like the well they expect it right it has yeah. to happen yeah this was a it's program disgusting. that they that usaid u.s agency for international development our foreign aid uh disaster relief humanitarian aid they pledged last year 230 million dollars in new aid for ukraine small businesses these aren't, this isn't even like disaster food aid or like military aid, emergency military aid. The U.S. is quite literally propping up Ukrainian small businesses to make sure that Ukraine has a strong economy. While American business owners struggle, tax day is coming up. Yeah. That's, that's going to be, yeah. a, that's a hard check to write every year. It is. Um, but don't worry. We're saying, and, and two, $230 million isn't good enough anymore. Because in this bill that just passed the Senate, the Economic Support Fund, they're huh. earmarking just shy of $7.9 billion. Good Lord. Of which $7.849 billion will go to Ukraine. And just so we know, only $50 million of that is to prevent and respond to food insecurity. Only $50 million out of 7.9 billion. So yeah. it's not making sure that people don't go hungry. We're quite literally propping up the Ukrainian economy. The economy. And what happens post-war? Like when that day develops, who's going to be paying for all the repairs? Who's going to be paying for all the all the industries that have to be brought back in? All, all of the the water, the electric. You know, who's we know going what's to going be happen. doing the rebuilding? Who's going to We know. It'll be, yeah. it'll be China. It, we've already seen this in Afghanistan. Yeah. U.S. soldiers yeah. bled, died for Afghanistan. What happened the minute the U.S. retreated Pulls and out. left the country? Chinese contractors moved in to yeah. build up the country. So it, it's not even like giving Ukraine. And I know a lot of Ukrainian people. They're nice people, generous people. But it's not even like there are strings attached to this where yeah. we're giving you all this money and... As a result, if you win and you're still a country at the end of this, which is a big if, yeah, there's no guarantee, there's no like requirement that they buy a certain amount of American goods or or use American right. country companies for this, right. this, this. There's no guarantee that we'll have a lasting relationship with them. And unfortunately, yeah. we've seen in Afghanistan and Iraq, the U.S. leaves, they don't keep working with U.S. companies. No, they go to the cheapest bidder. Yeah. And China swoops in and then they put all that new infrastructure in and then suddenly you've got a relationship against your largest economic competitor on the world stage and a country that you've just dealt with, uh, you know, in a, in a wartime state that the bad blood and the good blood that mixes around in that it, it, it just leads to to bigger problems down the road. Nobody spends this money thinking what's going to happen in 100 years with it. Right. They just see the immediacy of now. We do not have lawmakers that are concerned with the future. And we haven't had lawmakers that have been concerned with the future, probably since the era of the founding fathers, right? They were, they were always concerned what it meant for the future. Nobody does anymore. They're yeah. willing to blow everything and give away the future of our country to try to prop up these, these wars. And I, I like Ukraine. I don't want it to see it fall. I love Israel. I don't want to see it fall. But we just, we're not the piggy bank for everyone. We're, we can't be. we're not the unlimited credit card anymore. And and no. in the Bush years, the line that the Democrats always used was, we're not the world's police. Well, we're also yeah. not the world's bank. 
Yeah. We're also not the world's loan officer. Yeah. Right? So you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. And it's been remarkable watching the same Democrats who decried the military-industrial complex now becoming the largest cheerleaders for spending unlimited amounts of U.S. tax dollars on the military-industrial complex. That's what it means. That's what this is all is. It's a big giveaway for yeah. arms companies, arms manufacturers. But it's not even all just that, Josh. Like We've talked on the show about this, how the narrative being presented to the American people is that, oh, well, we have old equipment and we're giving it to them and this money is instead going to go towards replacing that equipment. So we'll have brand new equipment and they'll get our old stuff. Well, that's not true because mm. here's, here's one example of this. Operation and maintenance. Let's go through this. 4.887, so let's round up, $4.9 billion Whew. in operation and maintenance just for the U.S. Army. $1.5 billion operation and maintenance for the Navy. $69 million, see how they get barely yeah. anything, $69 yeah. million for the United States Marine Corps operation and maintenance. And the Air Force, $846 billion, uh, million million. for the Air Force. And then the Space Force, $8.4 million. I call me, I mean, maybe I'm just off. I didn't know that the Space Force was involved in Ukraine. I mean, I'm sure that they're involved with satellites and things like that, but the Ukraine yeah. war is not being fought in the final frontier. It, it, it's very wild, very wild that this has now become also a, a Space Force giveaway. And then beyond all that, an extra $34.2 in operation and maintenance, for just defense-wide. What does that even mean? Like, they can just throw money at anything. Well, I've, I found... On the comptroller for the Department of Defense, he lists some examples for how operations and maintenance would be appropriated. Wow. So things like flying hours. Yeah, you know, we, we're going to give all of this stuff to Ukraine. But guess what? We still have to fly the plane over there to deliver it. Mm -hmm. Right. We still have to pay the people flying the planes. We have to still have to put it, uh, fill it with gas. We still have to repair it and make sure it's flight worthy. So there's lots of ancillary costs associated with giving Ukraine our old bullets. Yeah. Right. It's not free. It's not free. Um, ship operations, land forces, uh, facility sustainment, uh, depot maintenance, uh, exercise programs for the people. I mean, these are these are examples of how these different parts of operation and maintenance would be invoiced. Obviously the biggest ones are going to be for things like, like transporting the equipment by, by plane or by ship. Um, but Just, appropriate fund support for morale, welfare, and recreation. Yeah. Fund support for selected quality of life activities. Like what is this bullshit? I mean, but th th this is like a normal thing. Like this is all normal programs that get funded through that tranche of money called operations and maintenance now whether or not this list would go towards ukraine don't know but this is the example when you look at the comptroller what kind of things fall under operations and maintenance a lot of this kind of stuff um it's wild stuff man. a lot of this kind of stuff it just so, all costs money all costs money all costs money so you look at missile here's the other bit it's like missile procurement right so we're 
basically going to give the army $2.7 billion to procure missiles. Now, in here, they don't really have an explanation for whether we're procuring missiles for us, us? or procuring missiles for Ukraine. The narrative at the beginning mm. was we're giving them the old stuff and we're giving the new stuff to ourselves. That's not in here. There's yeah. no guardrail saying that you're not allowed to give this to Ukraine. This is being given to Ukraine. We're responding to the Ukraine crisis by having the army buy $2.7 billion of, missile, of missiles. Ammunition. We've talked about this on the show before. $6.4 billion. Billion. That's a far cry from we're giving them our old artillery shells. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned earlier in a couple of other episodes, we have to replace it at today's costs, not yes. yesterday's costs. Yes. So we're going. If if the cost of those things have doubled, are we only replacing half of what we had before? Right. Because we, of the cost. Until the Ukraine war ends, we will never have military readiness as it relates to artillery, like the ability to wage a war ourselves. And listen, there is a, there was a benefit to the war in Ukraine, seeing what a modern war fought on a first world battlefield looks like, right? We're not talking about air superiority yeah. uh, going up against people living in huts. These are two first world nations fighting each other. Um, so we, it's been a learning experience. And what Ukraine has taught us is whatever we thought was the minimum number of artillery shells we needed for a land war was a gross underestimation. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. the the old idea of we need X number of artillery shells to be able to fight a multi-pronged war, you got to multiply that 10X, yeah. 20X, 30X, 50X, right? I mean, like we've what? given them all of our artillery shells. Yeah. And they're just using them at a crazy rate. What here's, did you say? It was like 100,000 a day or something wild? Here's Germany. Germany just put in an order for 400 million. But they can't actually fill the order. Where's the... Uh, here we go. Um, so Ukraine Ooh. is firing up to 7,000 7, artillery shells okay. per day. Um, the entire European defense industry is unable to keep up with that required production rate. So Ukraine is firing more 155 millimeter artillery shells than the entire European defense industry put together could create to replace. Are they really firing that many rounds? Uh, yes. Is anybody? Oh my God. I, I, the U.S. is promising. We talked about this on old show, but I'll bring it up again. We're going to sixfold our production. We're going to sixfold it. Sixfold it. Right. Six times. Yeah. The goal is 85,000 a month by 2028. So we're still four years yeah. away. Just easy math for everyone at home. If you produce 85,000 a month, you're producing 2,833 a day. Yeah, that is man. still less than half of the amount that Ukraine is firing off every day. We just can't keep giving away this stuff. We we can't keep up. Yeah. We we quite literally. So if Europe Europe can't do it, the United States plan to sixfold our production can't do it. What the hell are we doing? 
this is like Wait. a an exercise in futility. Yeah. You you'd never you, you would have to go to a wartime production, which would require, you know, an act of war from Congress for that to happen, which never will. But we can't keep up. You'd have to do 32 times the number you need just to stay ahead and to be able to replenish your your stock, right? But here's Why the are we not prepared? If we if we found a way to produce 7,000 a day, we give it to Ukraine and Ukraine would just fire off 14,000 a day. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any attempt to be good stewards of the material and the ammunition that we're giving them. If I was in charge of Ukraine and I saw that this was an, an artillery heavy war and I knew my country had next to no ability to produce my own artillery shells, I sure as hell wouldn't be firing 7,000 a day. Unless the plan is to try to create such a large deficit inside your rounds that you're unable to protect yourself. I mean, why would you leave your army at a uh, at a deficit to to prop up some other country on the other side of the world? Yeah. What happens if we get attacked? You go to war with the army you have. Ukraine is very obviously going to war with the army they expect the United States just to write them blank checks to to fund. And if, right. and if that doesn't happen, they'll expect actual support from our country, right? What's the next step after this? If you just can't keep throwing money at the problem and to fix the problem, what's the next steps? Putting boots on the ground, putting our material all over there, putting our, our, our jets in, in the sky, using our space-based weapons. What's it going to be? I mean, when does it, uh, when do we draw the line on that? I mean, what are we willing to do? How far are we willing to go? And right now, so far, we're willing to do whatever it takes. We're willing to spin into oblivion to do it, but it's not going to work because there's no actual boots on the ground, right? I mean, you need armies there to actually fight wars. And yeah. we think we can just throw money at all the problems. That's like everything we do. Throw money at it, see if it fixes itself. And we all know that the government's so good at spending money that everything always fixes itself. And that, you know, that's an outlandish lie. We know it'll just be grossly mismanaged and misplaced, misplaced, all of it. I don't know. Why? Why continue this? You know, some people in Congress are seeing it. They're saying no on some of these votes, yeah. but it, it was easier to pass this legislation than it was to get rid of Mayorkas as, uh, yeah, as yeah. Uh, uh, DHS. It was. It leader. totally it, was. It, it is. It's crazy, man. It totally was. We will not secure our own border. We could spend $95 billion on the border to put the army there and put up a big, beautiful wall. Yeah. But we won't. We won't. So let, let, let's, let's, pound through a few of these 18.6 million dollars in research and development for the army that doesn't sound like giving the stuff we already have that quite literally no, that's, is developing that's really not a lot for r d which is no but a... but it's wondering why is this in here why why can't why? the military yeah. just already find the money for this 20.8 million for the navy 406.8 million for the air force that is the kicker Right. And this likely <laughs> involves taking F-16s and making them more translatable to Ukrainian fighter uh, pilots who are used to flying mm -hmm. MiGs. Um, mm. So is that really in the United States interest to retrofit our own planes just so it's easier for other people? to learn? I don't know. I don't know. I, I would think that smarter people than me would be able to make that decision, but it seems like they aren't. And then one hundred and ninety four million just for defense wide defense-wide um, 
defense play. R and D. Like it, it, <laughs> they they they're specific just enough so they get the money. But once the money's there and how it gets spent, right? That that'll look different because who who's watching it? You know, who's the bean counters on all this stuff? Once the money is transferred there, is it getting spent in the way we expect it? Right? Is it yeah. is it is the materials actually being delivered that? in the way we we're expecting to be delivered and used in the same way once we deliver it. Right. Cause there's, there's nobody in Ukraine that might steal some of those things oh, and no. sell them on the black market. You know, Ukraine no, would never not. do that. They never definitely $10 million for FEMA. Oh, 390 wow. million extra for FEMA. 390. Yeah. That's a yeah. big budget. This is the stuff that pisses me off. Health and human services, administration, children, families, refugee and entrance assistance. $481 million. Now listen, people fleeing refugees. a war zone. There are, there are people all the time flee war zones and they are bona fide refugees and they need a place to go. But it seems fiscally ridiculous to be on the one hand funding the entire Ukrainian war effort. Mm -hmm. Also, American soldiers never have to step foot on that continent. And at the same time, we're paying for people to run away from that conflict and come live here instead. The great negative of refugee resettlement is that the very people you need to win the war or to rebuild the country after the war are the ones who end up fleeing. It's called a brain drain. Mm -hmm. Lebanon had this after their civil war. Most Maronites, the Lebanese Christians, Catholics, most Lebanese Maronites live outside of Lebanon. There are more mm -hmm. Maronites living outside of Lebanon than in Lebanon because they fled the Civil War. Well, what does that mean? After the Civil War, there is less Maronite representation in Lebanon, which has consequences. It has electoral, it has policy consequences. Now, Lebanon survived since then, not without its own challenges. But when you, when you see the people that should be fighting on the front lines, running away from the war. Listen, if, if they want to run away, they want to run away. It's fine. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not our job to, to point the gun at them and say, go back to the front. But it just seems weird that we're spending all this money so that Ukraine can fight a war to presumably win the war. And we're also spending all this money so that Ukrainians can run away and come live here instead. It seems like these are, Different competing interests. And just to be clear, do you understand what, I, they, you understand what I'm saying? It, it seems oh yeah. like th oh these yeah. are counter to each other. And the other thing is, is it very clear in saying that it's refugee and entrant assistance for the people of Ukraine? Or is it so blanket and so um, vague that it could be for any? This is supposed to be migrant. for Ukraine. It's supposed okay. to be I just want to make sure that that language but, is in there because they could sneak that in. But you, it could presumably be used for other things. Yeah. Shocking, right? Yeah. I mean, like suddenly that money starts showing up at the border. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. since it wasn't used in Ukraine and nobody was actually trying to leave, we've got all this extra money. What do we do with it, right? Well, we've got to yeah. spend it because we've got the budget, you know? So let's just, you know, add a few extra little places in Texas where you can just cross the border and get your free free airline ticket and, you know, go to a, you know Chicago or Detroit where, you know, any one of those sanctuary cities and just you know resettle there we'll resettle there it's actually right. it's actually worse than i just thought i just did the control f for refugee yeah um it's it's worse than that half a billion dollars 
it's actually 3.495 billion for Holy. migration and refugee assistance in response to the situations in Israel and Ukraine. Okay. So we're either going to bring Ukrainians here, which again, it, it, it seems wild to me. If we, we gotta, we gotta pick a lane. Either we are funding the Ukrainian people so that they can fight or we are helping them run away. Right. It's one or the other. And, and I get it. There are parts of Ukraine that are hell holes that have been completely destroyed. Right. But if the goal is to help Ukraine win, it seems like it, the, the country, their country would be better served by taking the people who have been displaced there and moving them elsewhere in Ukraine. Like what yeah. if everyone who wants to leave Ukraine instead started working in Kiev in an artillery shell factory? I mean, like, you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> that seems like it's something they need. Labor um, in the war machine. Yeah. Right? But yeah, it, it makes sense. But they're just willing to relocate them to the United States. And I, I, have they been vetted? If they're refugees, they're supposed to be vetted. But we've well, learned, we know we've learned that happens. it's not that yeah. that's not actually good. Um, so yeah, that's in addition to that four, uh, that, uh, 481 billion. Uh, this also kind of sends the message that we don't think you could win. So we're just going to let the people that want to run, run. Yes. I mean, um, it, it, it's, it's almost, it's not, well, it almost feels cowardly, but I don't think that's the word for it. Well, it sends the wrong message. It's not us to talk about whether it's cowardly or not. Right. They have every right to decide to fight for their country or to flee it. That's their decision. Right. Um, it just, it feels ridiculous to be paying all this money to a country to fight a war and also spending all this money so that their people can escape and come here. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it, it's, it's a really weird. Everything event. I've read about the brain drain that comes from refugee flows says that that's the last thing. If you want a Ukraine that can win the war and exist after the last thing you want are the brightest and smartest and strongest of its citizens leaving. Yeah. But again, I'm sure that there are smarter people who have come to different analyses. Uh, 5.6 for international disaster assistance. They're treating this like a natural disaster. Oh. Um, and then this is the 7.9 billion for the economic support fund. Um, oh. So that's the money. That's the money that we're sending a lot overseas. Of money. Um, it is one percent of one percent. If you take our our total debt, 34.2 trillion dollars. This amount increases our national debt one percent of one percent well it shows you how large the debt is yes right that's enormous that's a that's a ridiculous number but uh and it, and it sounds and looks small because if that was to be presented by someone this is only one percent of one percent of our of our of our current debt it's not that much money right that would no. be that, that that's the idea behind it. it's not that much money but it is it, it is. I mean? And I mean, the, the saying is true that no single raindrop is responsible for the flood. Right. But yeah. this isn't the first time that we've sent Ukraine aid. Oh, it's it's one oh percent of one percent. You add up all the other tranches of Ukraine aid that we've sent since 2022. I bet you it surpasses one tenth of one percent. Yeah, which is a huge number. It's a and huge with no number. End in sight. I mean, there's it's no end number. in sight. And you look at the rest of, of foreign aid that we've, that we're continuing to disperse. And all of a sudden we're not talking about 1% of 1% or one tenth of 1%. We're talking about whole percents. And 1% of 
34 trillion yeah. is a monstrous number. Yeah. yeah. And and when you recognize the interest rate on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. We're paying interest. It's just it's stupid. It's stupid. Well, it's absolutely stupid. And this was voted on in the middle of the night without real yeah. debate from the American yeah. people. They tried to slip it into an immigration related bill that wouldn't have closed the border when that failed. They said, okay, we'll just pass it anyway as, as a standalone. As a standalone. Um, at some point, at some point, we have to take the credit card away. Yeah. And the, un the really uncomfortable part of this is going to be reducing the spending. There's only two ways to get out of this. Mm -hmm. Reduce the spending or increase the revenues. Probably going to have to require both. Both. Yeah, we're going to have to tax the crap out of future generations, starting with us just to start getting ahead of this. But we're not getting ahead of this and we're still kicking that down the road. I mean, it's it's going to come to a head. There's it's going to be a time where there's nobody left to give us money because they know we won't repay it. Yeah. There's just no way. So what happens then when nobody's, you know, giving away money that we're giving away for free? We're, it, we're right now putting ooh. credit cards on credit cards and then yeah. we're putting those credit cards on credit cards. It's like the shifting the balance yeah. when people get yeah. into that deep part of debt and credit card. That's where we're at. And it's it's fiscally stupid. I mean, it's a this is like a death knell for the United States. This that stop. could be the one thing that destroys it. Yeah. But good luck. You've got people addicted to spending. I mean, they are getting highs from this stuff. There are Republicans that are, are are betraying the party to get those the those highs from feeling good about themselves yeah. for spending all that money. You and, know, and, and just to illustrate the lunacy of this, we're taking we're taking billions of dollars. And we're giving them to American companies to make weapons that puts that put holes in the ground, right? Maybe kill a couple people, but more likely than not, they just put a hole in the ground. Yeah. Then we come in and we pay money to fill that hole in the ground, right? Essentially, that's yeah, what yeah, they're, that's, that's what the aid is rebuilding. It. Absolutely, got to. But we're it. still giving them money to to create new holes in the ground. Wow. So it it, it, it's it's stupid. In any other world, it would be stupid. In any other situation, it would be stupid. But here, it's apparently national security. And I know you saw right before we went to air, I, I think there are some rumors coming yeah. out now about what it is. But the House Intelligence Committee announced that they had received classified briefing that there was a serious national security threat to the United States. And they were imploring, um, they're, they're imploring Joe Biden's White House to declassify it. Technically, the House can declassify it. I believe... There might be an exception to this for classified information, but I believe any House member can say anything from the floor of the House without criminal or civil repercussions for it. Yeah, um, it is uh, quite literally a First Amendment zone. Um, so any congressman that truly wants to, if if there is, if there is a national security threat imminent facing the United States, you can't wait for for President Applesauce to wake up. To, to sign a piece of paper, you can go to the floor of the House or the Senate and you can give a speech about it and you cannot be prosecuted for disclosing classified information in the speech. Uh, I'm reading a, a post by Colin Reg right now that the national security threat brought forward by House Intel Committee Chair Mike Turner is reportedly a breakthrough with Russia's space technology, whatever that's supposed to mean. And what they've got the, um, are they the ones flying around the Tic Tacs? Right? Are they the ones mm -hmm. using exotic forms of propulsion, or is it just smoke and mirrors? 
right? I mean, well, that threat could be something that's. It sounds like it's th they're they're weaponizing space. Most likely, my guess is they've probably got nuclear-based weapons up there that are ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised if we've had our nuclear-based weapons up there since the '80s. I mean, Star Wars, Reagan. We, we we've signed we've signed international agreements saying that we won't. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it is objectively a terrible idea to put yeah. nu try and put nuclear weapons in orbit because God forbid you have a challenger situation, you have some mm -hmm. some kind of rocket blow up in the atmosphere. What did you just do? You rain nuclear material down on whoever's underneath that explosion. Like, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, or just exploding it's the primary space. reason, the primary reason that they're not using nuclear power to try and get rockets into the atmosphere. Um, we'll have to see again, if, if it is a grave threat, if it's an imminent threat, then the house of representatives, the anyone, anyone in Congress has a duty to go to the dais and say what the threat is. As mm -hmm. long as they do it from inside of Congress at the mic, they cannot be prosecuted for it. That is mm -hmm. a hard and true rule. Uh, and we've seen, we've seen over the years, congressmen and senators use that little loophole to get things released. Now, you have to be right. If you think it's worth it to take that extreme measure, you better, you better be right. If it's a nothing burger mm -hmm. and you, and you put at risk sources and methods right then you could really have consequences but if we're talking about an imminent threat like if it's an asteroid is coming to earth and you don't you don't agree that it's best to not tell anyone that's one thing yeah. right but if it's if it's something lesser you can't put that genie back I, in the bottle i just want to finish that post um the discovery was revealed by fox this has to do with a threat related to space uh fox is making the claim that the threat is not immediate the development conveniently comes as the house considers passing a 61 billion dollar package deal for ukraine like is it something they've already known about for 10 15 20 years which they didn't let the public know and they get to use it as a tool to try to pass money that feels more it that, seems, that feels like something they would do right this seems like a really good if you don't want to actually say what it is this seems like a really good way to pressure the three Republicans you would need mm -hmm. to go along mm -hmm. with Democrats mm -hmm. and push a bill through. As long as you don't tell them what the security threat is, you can say, oh, the national security bill is necessary. Right. But here's the thing. Wow. Giving Ukraine 155 millimeter artillery shells won't do a damn thing about Russian weapons in space. No, it won't. And, and then then you've got to think about your space force, right? Like, how do you start ratcheting up your spending to try to counter this potential adversary yeah. in space, right? And that's always been uh, one of the pushes of the U.S. is to, to get ahead of every threat, right? I, there's no way anybody would want to spend money on space-based threats without there actually being a threat. Unless you run, the, you know, some of those black projects, those black companies that end up funding and making all this material, right? I mean, it's it could just be a, a play for money. And it's not an actual threat, which is disgusting in itself, too. Yeah. I mean, why would you leverage that? Listen, weapons in space, bad idea. Bad Agreed. idea all around. Agreed. Also, the idea of putting weapons in space to hit other things in space, also a bad idea all around. Um, these, This is a map of most of the space junk that's tracked around earth in space in orbit around earth 
you start blowing up satellites you these satellites are moving thousands of miles an hour ground speed right it, it you knock you knock one bolt off of a satellite it hits the space station and kills everyone on board right i mean like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's that serious and it's gotten so bad and this is a different topic we don't have to talk about this on the podcast but it's it's a fascinating that we have so much trash in space the demise of the human race might end up coming from the fact that we're no longer able to exit our planet like like yeah. there are there are scientists who are blowing the whistle that if we don't get this under control and figure out a way to clean up our mess we might reach a point where it's no longer safe to try and leave our atmosphere because there's just too much junk and you hit it going fast enough and you blow up yeah um oh yeah you die i mean if you're hit by a, a dime moving it yeah. seven thousand miles yeah. an hour it blows through the space shuttle right it blows yeah. through yeah. the international space yeah. station like it's nothing yeah i mean i was know, just watching rice, a video yeah. of a guy who makes homemade shotgun shells and he he was making slugs and he didn't want to spend 40 cents on a slug so he just took eight pennies mm-hmm. bent them so that they were kind of like a cup put eight pennies on top of each other and shot it and they went through like a slug <laughs> so like, right, like yeah, anything there. anything moving fast enough can be a deadly weapon um but you know like you look at this map and and you you see like oh the plan is we're gonna shoot the rockets at the other satellites you can't blow up a satellite in space without that satellite ended up destroying your it's 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 insane it's insanity yeah and think about what this does to the public right the, yeah psychology of the public there's a threat in space we need to handle that right now and the president has to declassify this so we all know it right that that changes the way people think about problems right it's like creating a new panic and if you got a new panic those people tell their their elected officials to do something about it and those elected officials start moving bills through the house and the senate right trying to get legislation passed that that can be dangerous right it just sounds like another 9-11 thing right there's a big problem up there now we need a solution we've come up with the solution and, and for that to happen you're gonna have to give up a little something right that's it just it's it's got that flavor to it and you know maybe there is a there, there's an incident that follows along with it it sounds really really uh conspiratorial but yeah I mean, when you've got an act of war and you're looking for a reason to get involved with somebody, right? If you're looking for a reason to try to get your defense spending up, if you're looking for a reason to get in a space, those are those are easy ways to do it because it doesn't work without public support. Oh, yeah. Right? No, it's impossible to get any space program without public support because you can't hide the takeoffs. You yeah. can't hide the takeoffs from Titusville, Florida or Cape Canaveral or, or Texas. Like you can't hide a rocket flying into space. Um you just can't you can't uh no so it's very clear that they are playing some games here and yeah. they are trying to shape the public um if it comes out that if, if it turns out that this is not an imminent threat and and it's just like oh well, they're developing something um that this is going to blow back hard if it's just Boy, them attempting to pass this bill if there's already never a, believe down if, the road if there's already a nuclear weapon in synchronous orbit above Washington, D.C., and the Russians have the ability to shoot it at us and make it move faster than any of our defenses can can take it out, then that's a, that's another matter. That's an imminent threat. Sure. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what this turns out to be. Um, but it seems it, it's at a least shit now, sandwich. It seems at least it now that this is an attempt to butter the public up and mm-hmm. 
get them to support this national security bill that we just went over that has very little to do with that our national security and everyone got all excited on the internet saying it's going to be about aliens it's going to be about aliens and it's like they're just so hungry they already for said it. that they have spaceships and and it barely know. moved the needle yeah it didn't nobody gave a sh- <laughs> nobody gave a crap right and if nobody gives a crap they're not going to be able to spend money on something so they need a new reason to spend our money right it's just reasons for blowing through money and they're giving us one and it's totally based on either lies or just you know incorrect information yeah. or the withholding of truth right because that's a lie in itself if you withhold the truth on something and i don't know it just feels like somebody somewhere's itching for some sort of confrontation like something needs to come to a head yeah yeah this US is the year had, for it u.s military hasn't blown enough stuff up lately that's okay, the military well, industrial complex that's eisenhower's warning yeah. to america when he left yeah. office yeah that, that this military industrial complex this urge to spend money to blow things up constantly right there's no market for bombs if the bombs aren't exploding yeah there's none you'd just be sitting on a stockpile right and it slows so that's down what, that's what we're in the middle of right now um any final words this- before we wrap up yeah how many people in congress have stocks in the companies that seem to benefit you know follow the money follow the money because if they're the ones that are pushing for this stuff and they 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 stand to make the most money from it then you need to start looking at those people and whether anybody in congress can can own stock so it's all about money max somebody's getting something somewhere power money yeah i was going to mention this at the start um obviously today's ash wednesday um which is why I have ashes on my forehead. It's always a little interesting. I always feel a little weird doing a podcast on Ash Wednesday because the Bible verse that you usually hear on Ash Wednesday is Matthew 6, which is don't be like the hypocrites and have the trumpets go in front of you and sound sound off when you're giving to the needy or you're praying. Don't be like that. Don't If you're going to fast, don't make yourself look completely hungry because you're just doing it for yourself it's always weird to then go get ashes and in the very next breath come on the air and show everyone oh look look what i did um so that's just something that's always uh really interesting but yeah ash wednesday the start of lent easter is 40 days away um if you're a christian this is the this is a a good time yeah yeah so I, i just wish that we had more positive things that we were putting out today but let's see what happens with this right by friday yeah. we're going to be sitting here talking about well you know it was just a bunch of bull or oh, no. if something they're, comes they're gonna, out they're going to force they're going to get they the democrats only need a couple of republicans now hmm. to push this bill through and they can bypass the house leadership so this is this is yeah. all designed to if, if russia is behind it this is designed to get this through it's convenient man it's yeah. so convenient well that's it for this edition of the podcast if you like the podcast subscribe links are in the description check them all out we go live monday wednesday friday um so check that out we also uh have an audio podcast we try and make this as friendly for audio listeners as possible so you can listen as you're commuting check those links out in the description even if you watch us please do subscribe to one of the audio editions just to set it up to auto download so we can prove out numbers to advertisers that's it for this edition of the podcast my name is max mcguire i'm josh hammerly remember everyone the fight to take back the country is not over yet but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together see you next time see ya